Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Less dogma, more nuance. Today, I have a couple of overlapping ideas that I want to talk to you about, and I want to talk about why it's so important to take a broad spectrum view of a lot of these sticky topics that we talk about in motherhood. When we talk about formula or breastfeeding, or whether you should do a home birth or a hospital birth, or we talk about even things like abortion, there is so much of a range of experience and so many different alternatives and so many different stories of motherhood that it is really important for me, for this podcast, for a conversation around motherhood and what parenting looks like, what birthing looks like, what pregnancy looks like, that we take a very nuanced approach that I wanted to take an episode and talk all about that with you today. I interrupt this podcast with a public service announcement. We are launching the first course in our Startup Pregnant School. We have our first course, The Art of Asking. It's all about asking for what you want and getting more of it. It is now live. You can find it at startuppregnant.com slash ask or go to startuppregnant.com slash courses to see what we are building. Several years ago, I wrote a piece called The Art of Asking, and it went viral. 300,000 people read it right away, and then I turned it into a mini book that became one of the best performing lead magnets on my site. I also turned it into a talk, and I give this talk on The Art of Asking at conferences and at companies, and I have since taken that talk and turned it into a self-guided on-demand course that you can watch in just under a little under two hours. In this course, I cover things like knowing what it is that you want and grounding yourself in your why. And if you don't know what you want, I have exercises to help you figure that out and find clarity around what it is that you want. I talk about the art and science of manifestation and like why there's actual scientific evidence and psychological evidence for parts of manifestation and tools like priming and how they actually work. I have visualizations for you to use, and you can use them over and over again. And then I go through step-by-step specific scenarios like asking for people to reply to your messages or making really difficult and challenging announcements as a company or how to negotiate in a relationship when you're trying to ask your partner for something and it's really hard for you to figure out why you're not being heard. And then I have five big picture strategies for how to position yourself and be really clear and effective in the way that you're presenting and asking for what you want. If you want to check out the course and see the whole curriculum, it is live for the first time ever. Go over to startuppregnant.com slash ask and you can head over to our website. The link is right there in our show notes and take a look through the course. There's a preview. You can take a look at some of the lectures as a sample to get a feel for it and see the entire curriculum before you even think about buying it. I have had people tell me that even just one of the strategies, and I go over five big picture strategies and then five scenarios, and I have a cheat sheet of this one pager of rules you can print out to help make asking for what you want easier. I have people tell me that just one of the rules alone changed how they walked into a room and how they make asks, every single ask going forward. They love the ideas so much that I am already thinking about creating an advanced course with more strategies and tactics. But for now, 
check out The Art of Asking. It's available over on our website. If you struggle with asking or you want to become a better negotiator, either in your business life or in your personal life or both, go check it out. This was a huge work of production over this past summer. We just finished putting the course together and I am so excited to bring it to you all. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. So I want to start with a story. And this story, I think, illustrates so much of the message that I want to talk about in today's podcast. When we were looking at our birthing options for the birth of our second child, I knew that I wanted to work with a doula, but I also knew that I had been through birth before. I was a little more prepared, and I was really wrestling with the decision of where to put our precious dollars and time and energy. Should we spend a couple thousand dollars on a doula to help shepherd the birth, or should we spend a couple thousand dollars on food, which would keep us quite fed for a couple of months? at least me, or any other number of things. Because bringing a new child into the world, it can be very expensive and very time intensive. And there's so many ways to receive support and help. So we were agonizing over the decision of whether or not to get a doula. And then we got put in touch with a doula service where there were these people who were training to become doulas and they had to attend a number of births. They're called practice births. So they go and they support you so that they can learn about the experience. Well, the person that we ended up working with we felt okay about. We weren't really sure. She was very new and um, she had so many great qualities. She was a body worker. She was really curious about this work. She had read all the books, but what there was a little bit that wasn't quite right for me and my family. And I knew because there was this urgency and almost insistence, well, if, if only I just educate you enough, you'll make the right decisions. And that was a little bit of a yellow flag for me because birth is so, so individual each and every one of them, and there isn't necessarily a right decision. And I kept feeling like she was trying to educate me over towards a certain vantage point. Well, you probably won't get the epidural. We won't, we'll, we'll try really hard not to have you get that. And I said, you know, I personally am totally okay with getting one. I am going to cheerlead myself towards not getting one because I want to have the experience of feeling what birth feels like without one. But I also know that if I am really tired, I want to choose to get one and I want that to be an okay option as well. And not everyone will make this decision. Everybody will have a different set of decisions. And perhaps the thing that I've heard and learned over the years that illustrates this the best is from a doula friend of mine who said she, I think this this is a repeat of a story from either Ina May's book or another book. So I am paraphrasing something I've heard from someone else. But a doula friend shared this with me. And she said, there was a woman who came in and said, I just want to have an epidural. And I think it was an epidural. Maybe it was a C-section. I just want to have as much medication as possible. And the doula very gently said, well, let's talk about our different options. What might be available to you? What do you want? And the woman looked her in the eye and said, no, I know exactly what I want. This is what I want. I've been in an abusive relationship and I was raped and I don't want to feel any pain whatsoever. And the mic just kind of drops there because you realize that this person wants an experience without pain, and that is a perfectly reasonable and beautiful and acceptable choice for them in that moment. 
And for us to come in and tell them what to do, or to insist that there's a right way or a right path is inappropriate almost. And it got me thinking a lot about the role of a doula, which is some of the most beautiful work there is in the world, but also about the roles of friendships and peer-to-peer support and coaches and therapists and all of the different ways that we have to support each other in this world and how often we can come into it eagerly, ambitiously, sometimes armed with so much information and advice, and we think we know what's best for another person. And we say, well, if only they had enough information or they had the right tools, then they would make this choice. Obviously, they would make this choice. And the real work is to listen fully and completely and to hear the entire story because what somebody else comes with is not our story. It's their story and their choices they are going to be the ones who make the wisest choice for them, or they are going to make the choice that they are going to make. And so it's this subtle texture, this subtle distinction where we can bring lots of information and ideas and resources to someone and say, hey, have you considered all of these things? But to go so far as to say, and therefore this is what you should do, is a huge leap past education and awareness and empathy and understanding. So in my story, the one that I started this episode with, we ended up realizing and making a decision that it would be nice to have this person around to support us and it would be nice to have an extra pair of hands. But when it finally came down to it, it was the last the last hours, the last few days, I was 39 and a half weeks pregnant and we started to make plans with this brand new doula who, again, amazing human wanting to do this amazing work, but she wasn't right for us. She ended up insisting a little bit too strongly that we shouldn't do the things that we had chosen to do. We were contemplating an induction and we were doing it because it was our second child. And it can be really complicated to find and navigate all the pieces and parts of care. And I know that everyone has a different story and different choices they would make. And she didn't seem to hear the reasons why we were making our choices or the things that we wanted to do. And then my contraction started. And we realized that we didn't want this negotiation in the room. We didn't want to have to fight for something we wanted even harder. We needed somebody who was on our side and could listen to us and say, hey, this is what Sarah and Alex want. And so I'm going to help them do it the way that they want, not tell them the way it should be done. It's such a difficult space to occupy. When you have information that could help someone or you are so sure that there is better outcomes. You know that there could be better outcomes when you use less medication, for example, or you don't do an induction, or you wait for the birth to start naturally, and people choose something else. And to me, it's it comes back to one of the first and foremost tenets that we have for this podcast, even, and the work that we do at Startup Pregnant. And one of our core values is that we start first by using the words, in my experience. And we do that because every single human being has a different experience, a different set of circumstances, and a different set of desires. And we can't uniformly put something on each of them. In motherhood, we need less dogma, less standing up on high and saying, this is what should be done, and more nuance and more texture in these conversations. One of the things that I've learned by going through this is not just about these critical moments when we are in the birthing process, or we are going through contractions, or we're in a crisis mode, but in the day-to-day, what true support looks like as a friend, which is the relationships that we want to have, that we want to build, that we are building, but can sometimes be so challenging at times. The relationships we have with family, the relationships we have with friends, what true support looks like is it looks like fully showing up and listening 
Sometimes it means not even offering a peep of advice, but it means listening fully and asking questions and saying, what would that look like for you? What does that feel like for you? How would you like it if blank? And how can I best support you through this? And sometimes it just means biting your tongue because you would have done something differently because you are not them. One secret of the coaching industry, if anybody has a coach or goes to therapy, is that what they are doing is listening. That is what we are paying them to do because I think we have an overwhelming shortage of listening to each other on this planet in our culture. We barely take the time to like somebody's status update, let alone check in and ask how they're doing. And then we wonder why we want to go and find coaches. Well, we want somebody to listen to us and to be with us, not in our perfect answers or our arrived at state or in clarity, but in the confusing pickle and puzzle and the unsures and the waffling and the and the curiosities, it, the time that it takes to make a decision like leaving your job isn't something that you can just go out over drinks and then be like, well, I'm doing it. Sometimes there are so many things that have to be considered and it can be a four month or a six month process. And as a friend that is listening, you can hear somebody go through it over and over again, rubbing the idea across the back of their tongue and moving it through their mind and thinking of all the permutations and making small steps and taking action and not quite getting it right. And being there in that is a much harder space to live than being the friend that says, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's make the big sweeping broad gesture. In some of my masterminds, depending on the ones that I lead, usually in the weekend retreats that I lead and in a couple of the virtual programs I lead, I have a very specific structure for how we show up for each other. We have these hot seat sessions where everyone gets 30 to 45 minutes in a hot seat. And the goal of the hot seat is not to arrive at some sort of conclusion. The goal is deep listening. And one of the things that I invite people to do to join me to do is to participate in in what deep listening truly looks like. You're not allowed to give advice. You are not allowed to offer suggestions or share your own stories. Instead, the thing that we have to do for 30 to 45 minutes is we ask the person in the hot seat to come with a question. And they come and they say, okay, here's the puzzle or the pickle that I'm working on. And they give us detail. They give us about a five-minute overview. I say, tell us about a specific thing that you're working on. It could be personal. It could be relational. It could be business-oriented. It could be parenting-oriented. But tell us about something that you're working on that you want us to help you unpack. And then I turn to the group. It's usually a room of about eight to 10 women. And I say, okay, our job is to ask questions to try to really fully understand the scope of this puzzle. Do we understand all of the pieces? Is there a place where you need more clarity? And all we do is one by one, ask questions to try to start to untangle this knot. And what happens is really interesting because people will come and they'll say, you know, I really need to make more money in my business. I need to make more money in my business because an extra $500 would be really useful. We say, okay, talk to us about that. Why, what are you going to use the extra $500 for? And what are you thinking about? And they'll say, well, I really want to get a treadmill for my house. And we'll say, okay, what's the treadmill on your house for? And they're like, well, I want to work out more and I want to get in better shape. And even with just a set of three additional questions, we arrive at a place that's very different from where we started, which is not that they want more money, but they want to get in better shape. And so on and so forth, it continues. And the more we ask open-ended, thoughtful, gentle questions and say, well, how's that working for you? Or what does that feel like when you do that? Or what's going on under that? Or, you know, I haven't heard you talk about the relationship with your partner. Does that have anything to do with this? And we start to ask questions and we sit around together and the only goal is by the end of 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the structure, 
is to have a better understanding of the person, their position, and what they are going through. What I find when I lead people through this process is that instead of jumping in and saying, oh, here's a way to make $500, which is not actually answering or solving any of the problems that are truly there, we get to witness somebody inside of a space and we feel more connected to them because we actually understand who they are more deeply, more honestly, more authentically. After we do three or four sessions of these in a row, we break for a group lunch or an afternoon session. And what happens, and this is my favorite part about the retreats that I lead, is that people come together and they start to have much richer, deeper conversations. They're able to connect more fully because they actually understand each other. And then if, and I I tell people, you know, let people know if you're open for advice or not. And usually at the end of the session, people are like, please, I'd love advice. Or someone says, you know what? That was enough. I really have a lot to chew on. I don't want to hear advice. People come together and the conversations they have over lunch, over dinner, late night with wine in the hot tub, those conversations are magical because you've arrived at the space of a question that is an interesting place to begin. So when it comes to motherhood and parenting in particular, and we start to put the different ideas as like two opposite religions, if you will, it's like either you're in the breastfeeding camp or you're in the formula camp, we forget that there are so many different stories of motherhood and so many different experiences of life that it, there aren't two camps. There are 157,000 camps, and there's a lot of shades of gray in between. Some people are making the absolute best decision for their children because they need to go back to work and make money for their family. And so what they've chosen to do is to take a path where they say, you know what, I'm choosing formula because it is the way that I can serve my family the best. Or they say, I don't want to breastfeed, so I'm choosing formula. Great. Or they say, I really want to breastfeed and I couldn't. Or they do some blended mix in the middle. I know so many people who have They use a little bit of formula at night, or they've tried breastfeeding, or they do supplemental. Once you start to probe in and see all of the different layers and textures of how this can look, you realize there isn't a right way to feed your baby, and nothing is absolute. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I really enjoy bringing these conversations and ideas to you. And it's something I think about a lot. For longtime listeners of the podcast, you know how much I think about all of these things. And I want to invite you as you're going forward, when you think about listening to other people and becoming a better listener, which is not easy, by the way, it takes a lot of attention and energy and it's hard to listen. One of the things that you can do when you're practicing is count. And maybe don't you know count like toddlers do with your fingers, one, two, three, but see if you can count three follow-up questions before you jump in with your own story. This is probably one of the greatest tools, tricks, hacks that you can ever have to better quality friendships, better quality connections, and even better client relationships and winning more business. I should probably title this episode like how to win more business, make more friends, and get more money because then everyone will listen to it. But if you can ask three follow-up questions before you even begin sharing advice or sharing your experience, it is an incredible way to get to know people. It is hard at the beginning to start to do this, and then it gets easier and easier. And I will admit I have a lot of practice now because I have a podcast where I ask a lot of people questions. But boy, by the time you get to that third question, it gets interesting. I just did a call the other day with people that were booking me for a speaking gig, for corporate speaking gigs where I go in and I do corporate training and workshops and I teach them about habits and the power of starting and the psychology behind storytelling. I have a a bunch of different talks that I've given over the years. And it's so interesting to go into a client call when you don't know someone, you're trying to get to know them. And so often people race to get to the content. Well, here, here are the talks that I can give. 
Before even pitching, I almost made a huge mistake because I had assumed that the talks would be like main stage talks. So I was preparing in my head, I was planning for a big lecture series or like a hall with like 500 people because I knew that they had a group of 6,500 people and that 500 or to 1,000 people would come to each of these talks. And I just kind of had a picture in my head of what it would be like. But before I started, I said, can you tell me a little bit more about what you're thinking? Tell me about the program. Tell me about the speaker series. And then I said, what are some of the speakers you've had in the past that have worked really well? What did you like about them? And then I said, tell me about the room. What's the setup like? How are the people arranged in the room? And do you prefer if it's more of a like lecture talk or do you want more engagement? I almost threw that in as an accidental question. She goes, oh, no, we don't want anything that's lecture like that. Nobody would be interested in that. We definitely want more engagement. We can do polls. We can do this. It's more like a campfire conversation. And boom, I had more information just by listening and asking questions. And had I gone in and pitched and said, these are the big fancy talks I can give, I probably wouldn't have landed the gig. So the punchline is here. Ask three follow-up questions, whether it is a new employee, a boss, a colleague, a project, a friend, or even your partner, maybe even your children. It's one of the best ways that I have to develop more empathy and more understanding and to arrive at a place where we can have better conversations. If you enjoyed listening to these episodes with women going behind the scenes and telling the truth about their lives, I have found it really rewarding and therapeutic even to hear different people's stories of what happens when things are unexpected and not quite what you had planned for. So if that is something you appreciate and want to hear more of, and maybe it helps you feel a little bit less alone in this journey of parenting and business, I have a couple of episodes you might appreciate if you haven't listened to them yet. Episode number three, with Nicole Walters. She became a foster parent and an entrepreneur all in one year, and she had three children enter her life suddenly. Episode number six with Tamson Webster is an unexpected story of divorce and when parenting totally knocked her sideways and wasn't anything like what she expected. And she ended up becoming not the primary parent or the default parent, but creating a new arrangement with her partner. Episode number 27 with Bridget Gleason. She talks about the way in which her life also totally shifted when she had kids. And she went to work part-time as a sales professional, but asked for a very particular set of circumstances. And she said, listen, I am the number one sales representative and I want to be paid if I am still the number one sales representative, like I am working full time, even if I'm not working full time. Her negotiation strategy and her perseverance are remarkable. And then lastly, episode number 51 with Kathleen Shannon. She is one of the creators of Being Boss, and she has a story of postpartum depression and how tremendously challenging having her kid was and why she ended up going on medication and becoming such a passionate advocate for daycare because of how much help she realized that all parents need when we undergo this journey. So if any of these episodes resonates for you or you are experiencing something like this, go take a listen. The links are in the show notes. That's episode number three, six, 27, and 51. 
And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.